Hello, you're about to listen to the movie mixtape with Dirk and Marcy. It's Alzheimer's Mix, and it's our shared movie this week. So we're talking about one of our favorite movies of all time, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So sit back, relax, twist and shout, and enjoy the mix. Welcome to episode 15 of the Movie Mixtape Pod. How are you doing? How are you, Marcy? I'm laughing because I thought you weren't going to get the episode number right. And I was like, haha, the tables have turned. And I knew what it was. So <laughs> I was very proud of myself. Good. But you didn't need me. You were fine. So yeah, I just, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. I was just pausing for dramatic effect. And not at all because sure. I was just bringing the knowledge from the back of your brain to the front of your brain. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm all right. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> trying to think what's been going on. I've been I've been kind of solo parenting this week with the two kids, and that's been mm-hmm. quite hectic, uh, but all good. But here we are. No. <laughs> <laughs> here we are. Um, uh, episode 15, like we said, and this is our mm-hmm. all-timers mix continuing. And we've been having a good time so far. I think we've been having a good time. I hope people listening have been having a good time. Um, <laughs> we did my pick, which was whiplash and your pick which was roman holiday so we've just left italy and we've Mm -hmm. touched down back on the shores of united states of americas and uh, we're doing the shared (laughs) movie this is our shared (laughs) set you up then to to continue Uh, oh i'm sorry this is this is our shared movie in the mixtape so this this is your first episode and it could well be your first episode because i mean of the film that we're doing you may have been drawn in Mm mm-hmm like a moth to a flame <laughs> upon seeing what movie we were going to discuss. But um, we do four movies in each mixtape. I pick one, Marcy picks one, and we pick one together. Uh, and we also have a new movie. But this is the one we pick together. We call it our shared movie. And it's our shared movie for the all-timers mix. And so today we are discussing 1986, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Directed by John Hughes, starring Matthew Broderick, <laughs> Alan Rook, and Mia Sara. Mm. Mia Sara or Mia Sara? Well what done. do you say? I say Mia Sara. Do you? Hmm. Mm-hmm. I kind of, yeah, I don't know. You're probably right. You know more than me about names. Um, no, I'm really phonetically challenged, so probably wrong. <laughs> but she's American, so if you think it's uh, mm-hmm. Sarah, it's probably Sarah. Because you're I mean, American. We, say, we say things wrong over here. That's what we're really good at. Are you feeling good about this pick? Yeah, I'm I'm excited. This movie is important to me and I think it's important to you. So I'm glad like we get to both share like our experiences with it and what we like about it. And I don't know, I think it'll be a really fun episode. Hopefully it connects like with a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. I think um I really think this is like maybe one of the most relatable movies ever made. <laughs> so I think a lot of people feel that way. Yeah. And I don't know. It kind of really reminds me of our 10 things episode. Just this is just the decade before. I feel like this is the 10 things I hate about you about of the 80s, yeah, if that makes sense. That does make sense. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. And do you know what it reminds mm-hmm. me of? 
Hmm. Reminds me of a Roman holiday and somebody just, yeah, somebody just taking a day off oh. of their duty just to go <laughs> out and true. experience the world. So there's a lovely I bit of, think about that. lovely bit of connective <laughs> tissue between the episodes. Yeah, that is true. I guess, and there's three of them too. So that's kind of funny. Like, oh, yeah. in a way, like, <laughs> hold on. I've never thought of it that is way. Is this yeah, Roman holiday really... just really <laughs> this done? The ripoff of the Roman <laughs> holiday. <laughs> Oh. oh boy. We've just unearthed it. Well, well done, John Hughes. Well done. Oh, well written yeah. and directed. That's crazy. I've never thought of it that way. So. I didn't think of it like that until literally this evening when I was thinking. Thinking really hard. I was sat in my thinking chair with my thinking hat on and I was just thinking. Thinking about the movie. That's like one of those shower thoughts where you're in the shower and you're like, oh, oh, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. <laughs> with your shower beer. <laughs> As well, <laughs> yeah. drinking your shower beer. That's how you get the good ideas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it all makes sense. <laughs> uh, well, I think uh, we have some fun things to talk about today. I think we're going to do things a little bit differently today. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Because, mm-hmm. I don't know, this movie's got some unexpected things in it. So why don't we do something unexpected? Today? Yeah. And probably lots of people have talked about Ferris Bueller. So why not do really? it? Really? <laughs> probably. Don't know. You think so? I mean, I don't know. <gasps> I thought I thought only we knew about this movie, but <laughs> well, yes. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. When I got with my now wife as and she was my girlfriend, because you don't immediately get together and be man and wife. She's my girlfriend first. She'd never heard of this movie, and I was That's aghast, crazy. aghast. So that was obviously one of the first things that oh, we did was watch. This movie. Well, shall I crack on? Yes, I think you uh, wrote a synopsis for this. I did write a synopsis. I hope. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, this is for my friend Marcy, who <laughs> says she hasn't seen anything good today. Oh my god, accurate. <laughs> dark as shame, darling, dark as shame. <laughs> Ferris didn't go to school today. <laughs> he skipped out with his girlfriend Sloan and best friend Cameron. They put fake messages on their answer phone. Dark oh as shame, darling, dark as shame. Rooney's coming to bring all the pain. He knows <laughs> Ferris is like totally fine. He's not sick, just a prick. Absent times nine. Oh my God. Oh, dark a shame, darling, dark a shame. Jeannie is pissed at Ferris yet again. He always seems to get away with this. She's had enough and gets tough. Ed gets triple kicked. Oh, dark a shame, darling, dark a shame. Too much stress breaks Cameron's brain. Miles don't come off when you drive reverse. He's totally dead. Absolutely dead. Call him a hearse. Oh, dark as shame, darling, dark as shame. Rooney and Jeannie are closing in the frame. So how the heck will this day out end? Ferris runs in fear. An old lady tries to steer. Will he repeat the school year? Oh, dark as shame. I'll be the same. My heart says, dark as shame. <laughs> I um I don't have words. <laughs> that was just speechless. Mm-hmm. That was um very good, and you actually somehow managed to tell the movie like what actually happens. Unlike my poem for Ten Things I Hate About You, which didn't <laughs> say anything about the movie. Well, I took so well done. Thanks. I took a few liberties with the rhyming <laughs> structure. 
of that song <laughs> but you know it was our bare necessities to fit certain things in but there we go that is the synopsis of ferris bueller's day off but as if we had to tell you the synopsis of ferris bueller's day off because <laughs> who doesn't know what happens in this movie well apparently kev from the austin danger pod he's never seen it austin danger pod get oh, you, yeah. get yourself together oh Mackenzie, please check on kev <laughs> so... <laughs> a wellness check a pulse oh, check so so yeah, do you want to say what we're going to do? Well, I would really like to know, we were talking a little bit beforehand, but I want to know, like, when you started watching this and when you knew, like, this was, like, an important movie. I guess you could say important or, like, just a movie you really enjoyed. Do you, like, recall even, like, the first time you watched it? Well, not the very first time I watched it, but... So it came out in 86, so I was too young to see it in 86, surprisingly. <laughs> um, but I did catch it probably around the age of about 13, 14, which is maybe, I don't know, uh, what is that, early 90s? No, late, yeah, 90s, <laughs> early to mid 90s. So not too long after it came out and kind of discovered mm-hmm. it alongside Weird Science and Breakfast Club. Weird Science, I think, was the first John Hughes film I saw and then probably Breakfast Club and then Ferris Bueller. There was probably mm. that order that I was uh, <laughs> drawn into the uh, reach the passage magic of, of John Hughes. And and very definitely lots, everybody was, well, let's say everybody. I mean, they were a big deal to kids my age mm-hmm. at the time and watching these movies and certainly in my friendship groups. Some of the lines in this film especially um, were quoted ad infinitum. Um, on and on. And I think overall out of those three, which are kind of all within, uh, what are they all within like a, two years or something? It feels like, mm-hmm. um, I think yeah. this is probably the one that is a timeless classic. I think the other two have a bit, have, have flaws in them that probably as the years go by, um, takes a little bit of shine off, maybe slightly, but still <laughs> I can look back, um, and remember really loving them and probably still loving them to this day. But I think Ferris Bueller, really uh, doesn't I don't think well spoiling a bit but I don't think there's a negative in here anywhere really <laughs> so no, no. <laughs> so, I, I mean <laughs> and I hadn't watched it for about I don't know probably like literally 10 years 12 years wow. when I watched it this week oh and then I just had such the best time watching it again <laughs> just laughing away to myself and just getting into it. So, yeah. That, I, that, so this is has been in my um, movie DNA for a long time. What about you? So I was actually 13 when I first saw this, and I remember the first time I saw this. I had seen John Hughes things, but wasn't sure who John Hughes was. Like, I had seen Home Alone, which he wrote, but I never knew, like, who he was or anything. And I was at, not a friend's house, but we got put into a random group for school, and we had to work on, like, this big project together, and we all didn't really know each other that well. So one weird thing, not weird thing, but when I went to middle school, so middle school, you go to elementary school, middle school, then high school, So my middle school was like a combination of three different elementary schools. So there was a bunch of people like you didn't know. (laughs) And so I was, you know, even like as you're going through middle school, you you don't really meet everybody from all these different schools just yet. And um, I was in a group with just people I had no idea who they were. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then, I mean, it was all kind of like awkward or whatever. So we were all at this girl's house. It was guys and girls. And there was like six of us all working together. And I don't know, she just was like, hey, do you guys just want to stop working and watch Ferris Bueller? Mm -hmm. And everybody was like, oh, yeah, like, I love that movie. And I was like, what is this? (laughs) And they were all like, what? (laughs) 
how do you not know what this is? And I was like, I don't know. I And like, so then it like dawned on me, like they all had older siblings mm. who knew the movie and passed it down to them. I'm an only child. So I didn't have that luxury of like an older sibling telling me like what to do or me even passing something down to a younger sibling. So... I don't know. We watched it. We had a blast. We stopped working on the project for the rest of the day. <laughs> and I just really loved that movie right away. Um, I connected specifically to Cameron, I think, the most. And we'll get more into that. And I don't know. Like, I just always like to watch it. I didn't own it for a really long time. I don't think I owned it until, like, I went off to college, and which was, like, a perfect time, like, a good movie to have while you were in college. I don't know. I just, I watch it every year now. And then, like, last year, I graduated um, with my master's degree, <laughs> and we had a really nice night at the drive-in. My school rented out the local drive-in, like, right oh, by wow. where I live. And, and we got to, like, so there's four screens at this drive-in, but each, so there were a couple different classes graduating. You know, there's, like, the undergrad, there's the master's, you know, other people, whatever. Whatever. So they let us vote on what we wanted to watch at our um, screen, and everybody in my class voted for Ferris Bueller, and that's what we ended up watching at the drive-in, The Goonies and Ferris Bueller. That was our double feature, so I know. <laughs> and it was just a really nice night, and I was just like, what a good way to end school, because now I think I'm really done with school. <laughs> I hope so, at least. I love school, but I'm just happy to be done with it. But I don't know. I just... I still, like, can connect to this movie. I still love this movie, and I don't know, it's just really important to me, and, and it's my favorite John Hughes movie, and then I would say Planes, Trains, and Automobiles was, like, Ooh, right after that. So, interesting. Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that this was a celebration of finishing school. Um, <laughs> that is such a perfect use of this film. And a drive-in, you love drive-ins, don't you? I love drive-ins. I try to go all the time and my drive-in by me is open all year. So we, I like to go when there's snow on the ground. <laughs> I know that sounds so weird, but like we don't sit outside, we sit in the car and we like, I don't know, there's just something magical at the drive-in. You guys don't really have that though. <sighs> Rub it in. Salt into our British wounds. I've, ne I've never, I've ever... never knowingly been to a drive-in as I can't. Okay. Yeah. I think okay. they do it like as a kind of um, a pop up every once in a while as a special thing. Like that's if you really, if you if you same. really searched for it, you could do it. Well, you're shaking your head saying that's not a drive-in. Is that what you were saying? That's not the same thing. No, I know it's, it's not, not the, the same. same thing. I've I've done pop ups before, and I'm always disappointed because it's not as fun. I love the drive-in. I I was actually when I was on Tim and John's podcast, Study Bimco, like I. We, I was asking drive-in questions to them and, and we were talking about the drive-in and, and my first drive-in experience. So if you want to hear about that, check that episode out because I had a very traumatic uh, first drive-in experience. I, I think that but episode no, is out ever, this week. I think so. The Actually, I do think it might be drops. coming out. Yeah, that's... I think it is going to be the yeah. same day, so that's kind of perfect timing. Podcast Synergy. We had Podcast Synergy with them today. So, uh, yeah. um, and one day, maybe you'll be on their podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, if you're ever over here and and like you want to go to a drive-in, there's a really nice one right by me, and I, I love it so much. And there's four screens. I don't know many that do that either, so you get all kinds of cool options. Stick it on the list. And, yeah. Stick it on the list. Yes, add it. Add it to the list. Oh. Yes. Right. Well, we were going to take a, a slightly different approach. Mirroring, as you said, 
to me before we started recording what we did in Shoplifters a little bit, where we had a, a nice ensemble cast mm-hmm. and then we picked out the characters and we discussed the characters and, you know, what they get up to rather than doing a sort of blow by blow chronological retelling. So I think that's what we're going to do, right? With, with the, with the mm. characters that we've picked. Wonder what characters they are. <laughs> oh, you know, uh, freshman number two, maybe sophomore number five. You know the well, background people. Yeah. Well, Christy Swanson was in this film for about thirty seconds, <laughs> so we could focus on that. But let's not. So we're going to do obviously the main three, and then Grace, Ed, and Jeannie. Mm-hmm. I think we wanted to do some honorable mentions of mm-hmm. some things that don't tie to these characters. Yeah. Uh, if you'd like to go first, be my guest. Okay, I can. We might mention them later on, but I'm going to mention them now. But obviously, I, I, I would the two teachers that we see in various different cutscenes right at the beginning. The, the guy who's well, obviously Bueller, Bueller, Fry, <laughs> Fry, yeah, Ben Stein. <laughs> who um, do you, apparently he got the part. Did you hear how he got the part? I think I know the story, but refresh me. So. He, I think he was in front of John Hughes and he said, just give me a really bu- a dull lecture on economics or something, because I think he'd studied economics mm-hmm. and he was a, he was a script writer for, the, for Nixon or something. He wasn't an actor. I don't even know how he got there. Probably just yeah. took the wrong turn in one day and there he was. And he gave this really dull, dull lecture and he's got the part straight away. Something so D-O-O funny. economics. Voodoo <laughs> economics. Um, oh my <laughs> he's brilliant. I just love the the kid that's like here and like is so annoyed. That <laughs> <laughs> I love all all the all the cuts to the kids in their, those classes where they just look. Mm-hmm. They, they don't. Ch- their expression doesn't change one little bit. Mm-hmm. Their mouths are open. Drool is everywhere. Having the best time of their life. Have the best time of their life. Mm-hmm. And the other teacher just goes, "In what way?" <laughs> He's great. I love him as well. So I like yeah. the, I like the two teachers especially. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess my things relate to each other because it's people driving. One of the funniest things I think in this movie, and I think one of the hardest I laugh watching this, and it doesn't matter how t- many times I've seen this. Uh, but when, when the Star Wars theme kicks in <laughs> yeah. and you see the parking lot attendants like driving that ferrari around mm-hmm. and they have like the happiest expressions on their faces and i mean like you kind of dread it a little bit though too because you know like cameron's gonna find out eventually uh-huh. uh but it's just so funny and the fact that they got to use the star wars music i don't I know, know if that would yeah. fly now but oh my god it's so unexpected and so funny like especially like the first time because you know that that song is iconic and you're like why mm-hmm. is this <laughs> what is this coming on? <laughs> and they're just flying midair. Oh my god, it's so funny. I laugh so hard every time I see that. And then uh the second thing I really like that deals with driving <laughs> is the dad is trying to get home from work and there's this car in front of him like swerving in and out. And and like you kind of at first think maybe it's Jeannie and, and the mom having their argument. <laughs> it's this little it's this little old lady. <laughs> <laughs> like slightly above the steering wheel but the rest of her is like below it and now like my grandma is so short now that that's what she looks like if she were to get behind like the wheel of a car (laughs) so that makes me laugh too because we don't let her drive anymore because she can't see above the steering wheel but she just him being like get out of the way get out of the way and then when he finally gets by her he's like (laughs) i love his dad i love his dad in that scene just 
the model yeah. of patience oh, then when he gets past them. Oh yeah, thank you, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really oh my gosh, switch. that that old lady is so cute though. Yeah. I, I love that. It's so funny. Yeah, I'm 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 literally <laughs> waiting for it each time I watch it because it's so funny. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm <laughs> giggling to myself uh, at this terrible elderly driver who should not be driving. <sighs> Whose granddaughter oh should have done what you did and said, Gran, oh. you are no longer driving. Oh, but that old lady's so cute. And now it makes me think of my grandma. So I really oh. love that even more now. Yeah. And now I'll always think of your grandma too. Um, But yeah, that's all I had for honorable mentions. I think everything else I want to talk about will happen when we talk about these characters. Mm-hmm. But is there anything else you want to mention? No, I don't think so. We could just keep get cracking and then if things pop up they pop up don't they yeah i'm sure there's some other like there's some things i want to say about his parents but we'll get to it when we get to it Mm -hmm. It, it'll all blend in together hopefully we'll see (laughs) well uh, shall we start with your girl grace (laughs) who you have told me off air is Mm -hmm. is probably your second favorite character i think so i know she's not even in it that much and like kind of how i was saying this kind of reminds me of 10 things i hate about you she essentially kind of is like the allison janney character yes maybe maybe more maybe more friendly i don't know well i guess maybe more friendly sometimes sometimes more friendly Mm -hmm. but she does (laughs) i will say like one of my favorite things she does is when she is talking to genie and she's like what a little asshole (laughs) it's just so (laughs) I love that so interaction subtle. with Jeannie. Yeah. Oh my god! So, but she she's great. I love Grace so, so much. Grace, what would you say her job is? Is she a secretary or a personal assistant or she's something to the uh, principal? Isn't she? I I want to say maybe even personal assistant because she isn't helping anyone else in that office. Mm-hmm. Maybe like Barely they're just trying it. to focus on these two. Mm-hmm. But um, but he seems to trust her a lot too. Like he's even telling her like what his plan is. Yeah, <laughs> and he's. Like, like and she's just like oh you sound like dirty harry and yeah. like, you know and things like that uh, and he's so smug he's, he's like thank you grace like he's so and, happy with that oh god he just sits oh, with god. it for a couple of seconds doesn't he and then nods yeah thank you grace yeah he kind of makes like squinty eyes too mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like so proud of himself uh but grace just grace even like the thing she's doing like in the background you kind of mentioned <laughs> this when i brought her up yesterday but when she just keeps pulling pencils out of (laughs) (laughs) so the whole hairdo was a a thing i think like she's um she (laughs) specifically went for a hairdo that she thought was from like the 1960s or something like that Mm -hmm. i I think and then i think so i think john hughes just sort of said i wonder how many pencils you can get in there like in a on a (laughs) off the cuff (laughs) remark and then she's like i'm putting it in i'm putting it in the movie Oh my god, I just loved her so much. And an- another thing she kind of like improvised on too is whenever like Cameron's doing his bit and he's trying to be Mr. Peterson mm-hmm. and Rooney is freaking out because he's trying to find Sloane. So he gives the phone to Grace and he's like, Rooney, Rooney. And she's like, oh, oh, oh. And she <laughs> totally improvised like making those sounds like that. That was just her ad living, but she's trying. <laughs> He just sound like Rooney. And she just, doesn't say a word, but she's just making these grunting noises. Say a single sound. Yeah, so we've got we've got Grace and Rooney, who are, I think are a, a brilliant double act uh, as like mm-hmm. a kind of well, Rooney's the antagonizing force, or one of the antagonizing forces in mm-hmm. Ferris Bueller's Day Off, uh, who eventually mm-hmm. goes to try and capture Ferris. But um, Grace is there. She's his person in the chair. She knows what's going mm-hmm. on with the kids. Um, she knows yeah. all of that stuff. What does she say? She, I, she. I think uh, Ed seeks um, advice from Grace about you know who's going out with who and various different things, doesn't mm-hmm. she? And I think Grace is probably one of the straight up funniest 
characters in the, in the film. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. without a doubt. Like, but how unnerving that they know so much about all these students, though. Like, yeah. oh, I think she's been with Ferris a couple of days or something, and like, it's like, oh my gosh, like you guys know way too much about these students. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then even like, I even love like how she delivers some of her lines. Like, they do the whole bit to get Sloane out of school, and she says like, oh, you know, we got the we sent Nurse Florence to get Sloane. Like, poor little lamb, and I can't even like say like she doesn't. <laughs> I love, I love the way she says things. I mean, I think I told you before, like, she she might have the line of the movie, but no, it's not really the line of the movie, but it's one of the lines, but it's it's obviously when she calls him, like, a righteous dude. I, w- <laughs> I don't want to do it. I could do it. I'm not going to do the the whatever midwestern accent i don't want to embarrass yeah. is it midwestern is that what that accent is midwest um yeah so she's definitely coming she's like chicago doesn't i don't wouldn't necessarily well kind of has that accent that I, I don't know there's that whole you don't watch saturday night live oh god never mind there is <laughs> this goodness. great bit from back in the day where so the football team the american football team in chicago is called chicago bears and um, that bit. so like there was this snl skit where they'd be like oh dog bearers and like so they do kind of talk like that but i just i just went to chicago and nobody talks like that so i don't know if it's like an exaggeration like that they but that's what she's doing essentially like that oh he's a righteous dude oh my god that was perfect (laughs) was i thought grace was in the room at that moment i wish that was genuinely perfect Right. Oh my god, she's so funny though. I love her. I wish you could keep talking about her forever, but really she's not in it that much. No. Like after like Rooney leaves the school, that's it. I wish we kind of would have gotten like a follow-up on like her running the office no. or something. <laughs> oh, <I love laughs> Answering that. the phone calls, pretending to be him all day. Oh my god, give me that spin-off, please. I would <laughs> I love that it. idea. Yeah, she's like a oh, little god. bit of light relief in, in, in those moments, isn't she? And that oh, interaction she has with Jeannie Ferris's sister um yeah well hello G- i can't do that with scottish i can't do it <laughs> <laughs> well hello genie who's bothering you now i love yeah. that who's bothering you now what a little mm-hmm. asshole because obviously she's said. yeah she probably comes to the office a lot <laughs> to oh, complain about. i think on a daily basis but yeah so she <laughs> so she she mm-hmm. i don't know like did she like you said she improvised a lot didn't she mm-hmm. so, and and i think that she was going up against ed rooney he's the principal and i got the impression mm-hmm. just from what i could read is that he didn't improvise as much and so she was like a bit of the driving force in a lot of those <laughs> scenes which is pretty cool mm, okay i can think of one line that he ad-libbed we can get more into that like well, tell us now what is it i'll just say it now it's like that cheese in the wind oh yeah line. <laughs> what is that yeah no he just wanted to say something totally like confusing um i was reading up on it and i think even john hughes was like what <laughs> And they just decided to keep it in there. It's such an odd line, but it makes me laugh every time because I'm like, what did he just mm-hmm. say? So, but do you want to start talking about Rooney then Let's since we're kind of like leading so great, Yeah, so him. Ed Rooney's the principal played by Jeffrey Jones, who <laughs> is always famous in my world, not just for Ferris Bueller, but for being in Howard the Duck as well. Oh, it's been forever since I've seen that. It's yeah. been so long. Pre- oh my he, gosh. I think, you know, when you've been in Howard the Duck, and Ferris Bueller, you may as well retire from acting. That's it. Life is made. You what? You can probably tour the podcast circuit as much as you like. So, so he is, for want of a better term, the villain in mm-hmm. it. Um, mm-hmm. Ferris takes his day off from school, his ninth day off in this semester, mm-hmm. and so Rooney 
decides he's going to make a show of him, hunt him down. And um, if he catches him, make him repeat a school year, even though, you know, they're about a week or two mm-hmm. away from graduating. Aren't they? So um, I think we, we said, just to rehash a bit of a previous discussion from a previous episode when we talked about um, uh, J.K. Simmons in Whiplash being a believable villain. I think he's a believable villain because he believes oh, yeah. his he believes him, he is totally in the right here, doesn't he? And, mm-hmm. and you know, I suppose, as a, most adults will probably say, he is in the right. He's trying to find a, a truanting schoolboy. Um, but he believes he's in <laughs> the right. And so mm-hmm. that's what fuels him throughout this entire film. What, what were your impressions of Ed, Edward R. Rooney. So to me, he kind of looks like a cartoon character. Mm. And I think that helps like with the whole villain vibe you get from him. And I just love that he is so hellbent on not being made a fool by Ferris that he just keeps making himself look like a fool <laughs> yep. to try to catch Ferris. And um, I mean, like he has every right to want to pursue this but at the same time it's like let it go man just he's gonna be out of your life here soon enough do you really want another year with this kid (laughs) like you know (laughs) and i just love we were kind of talking about like whenever whenever uh like you were saying like the nine days well whenever like you know he's on the phone with ferris's mom and he's like he's missed nine days this semester and then the number starts slowly going down and then you know you get to ferris like i wanted a car they got me a computer (laughs) and the days start going down and he just starts screaming grace's name and i don't know why that always makes me laugh so because he is just having a meltdown and it's so funny and i i think he is really funny too and i think he's somebody like you can root against yeah and like i think that's really what you want in a villain like i understand the appeal and the fun of like um a villain you want to root for but this guy no he's like oh, a, no. a schlum I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we need a villain yeah. uh, to root for in, in this particular movie, do we? Because all the three main characters are so well, um, likable in a way. I think oh. we'll we'll get okay. to Jeannie in a little okay. bit. I'll throw my two cents in for Jeannie yeah. <laughs> when we get to her. Mm. But uh, yeah, Rooney, Rooney's something else, though. Um, I just have a question for you. So like kind of jumping ahead a little bit, whenever he is at the Bueller home, and he has snuck in. Like, doesn't it ever, like, perplex you? Like, why? The Buellers seem like such a nice family. Like, even Jeannie, to an extent. Why do they have such a mean dog? <laughs> like, have you ever thought about that? <laughs> no, no, I haven't. But I will flip him from now on. I mean, but why I did think when that scene happened was John Hughes mm-hmm. loves an animal flap, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. He loves sticking yeah. animal flaps. Yeah. And villains trying to enter homes through animal flaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that yes. dog seems very out of context with the, yeah. the, the family. I think for like a long time, I assumed it was just a neighbor's dog that like somehow got into their house. But then like the more you watch it, you're, you're like, no, that's that's well, definitely their dog. Yeah, but they have a massive dog flap. It just doesn't fit their personality though, like the family personality. Yeah, absolutely you know? right. Yeah, 100% <laughs> right. It does not. I, th- I think you hit the nail on the head when you said he's a bit like a cartoon character. He, he, oh my God. He is, he is though, isn't he? Like the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the smile. The smile mm-hmm. he has is is such a perfect mm-hmm. caricature villain smile. <laughs> I did, you know, and when that, I love that scene as well. Like you said, when the numbers go down and Ferris's absences. But how is Ferris doing that? They don't even have the internet in 1986. <laughs> what? How has he got? How is he connected to the school network? Movie magic, I guess. I don't know. Magic. So. <laughs> yeah. Ferris Bueller magic. I, that's so good though. Like I don't know. <laughs> 
like if you could do that, wouldn't you do that? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I also love like whenever like we kind of mentioned Cameron calling in as um Peterson and they're doing that whole bit. But I, I love and this happens like two times in the movie where um like horror music comes in and it's whenever like Chris is like, Oh, we got Ferris Bueller on the other line and he, <laughs> yes. he realizes he's not talking to Ferris. <laughs> and that horror like music comes in and, yeah. and it's like <laughs> And there's another time that happens, and the second time that happens is whenever um, Ferris's mom shows up to check on him, and as she's walking up, like and like to the hallway, like to his bedroom, there's like that horror music. Mm. Like, is she gonna discover he's not home? And I kind of love. I think that's really smart, and I I love that too because it kind of sets the tone. Yeah, I I just love him on the phone after he oh he realizes he's not talking to Ferris, he's <laughs> yeah. talking to quote unquote Mr. Peterson, and like I mean Cameron is just giving him the runaround being like call me sir god damn it and like he's like yes sir yes sir and he starts yelling and he's like trying to figure out how to get Sloan and, and then when he goes to get Sloan and he's running down the hallway gets to class and walks by <laughs> runs to the next one gets to class and walks by I just think like everybody is giving like 110% in this movie mm-hmm. I mean even the people like the extras I just think everybody's like really 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 going for it yeah. and I'm so glad they do in this movie I don't know like if it works if people aren't like giving it their all oh, yeah. and everything mm-hmm. well to follow up on your point about the horror music I also like how when he's out in the city trying to search for ferris it switches to like some kind of detective music Mm -hmm. or something like that and so he's got like yeah he's getting all of this incident music soundtrack along with his uh antics (laughs) maybe because he is the uh caricature or the cartoon character like you said i think that's Mm -hmm. true and he's also Mm -hmm. he's one of three people who sing dan if you don't count the original song in this as well he hums it at at one point during the movie yeah doesn't he i like that oh my gosh yeah i okay i kind of like want to well i'll wait i'll I'll wait i'll ask this question like later when we get to that that scene but i do have a big question about (laughs) about that later uh i guess like one other thing about rooney like that always makes you laugh and this kind of like ties in with genie but i love when they're both in the bueller household and they hear something and and she goes ferris Mm. and he's like bueller (laughs) (laughs) yeah they scare the crap out of each other but we'll get more into that when we talk about genie Um, i think that's a really i think that's more her shining moment (laughs) but i think that is a a a touch of screen writing brilliance that i love that Mm -hmm. the way the way they Mm -hmm. set that up ferris Bueller. And what, yeah. Oh my gosh. What, what one thing that I love about the character Ed is that he we have Ferris all the way through it breaking the fourth wall, and then the film finishes with Ed sort of breaking the fourth wall as he's <laughs> on the so he's defeated trudging home after being attacked by the overly vicious dog of the very nice Bueller family um, and and getting um, attacked by Jeannie in the house. Um, and he's walking home, looks a bit of a mess, and the school bus goes by. He gets invited on and he has to sit next to all of these school kids. And that girl he sits next to, I bet this is the first, bet you've never smelt a real school bus before or something, <laughs> something like that. And then he just, he just turns to the to look at the camera mm-hmm. breaking the fourth wall and that's how I think that's how it actually mm-hmm. ends so I like that that he he, yeah. he also breaks the fourth yeah. wall right at the last minute that is funny he does some really good like expressions 
throughout too because even like right before the dog gets him at the very end he does the side look and it, it makes me laugh so hard every time I see it and that's where he really looks like a cartoon character to me when he's he's the dog out of the corner of his eye and he like he knows what's gonna happen and, <laughs> yeah. and everything but yeah he's really expressive I think they all kind of are mm-hmm. no he's he's a good villain and that's important to have in a movie mm-hmm. well do you want mm-hmm. to move on to your potential other villain yeah we should definitely talk about genie so i'll just start off with that like is genie really in the wrong because mm-hmm. it kind of feels like her parents clearly favor ferris like maybe she did get the car it seems like they never believe her and they seem like they're <laughs> always annoyed with her i mean even at the end one of my favorite lines of this movie is the mom's like complaining about all the things that genie did and like all the trouble she got into and the dad's like well why don't we just shoot her and <laughs> my god oh my god and i mean like i totally get where she's coming from i would be so annoyed at my little brother and she knows he's faking it i mean he even like winks at her like when she's in the room and she can't even believe it and then like the whole day like she has all these people coming up to her like we need to get ferris a new kidney and like do you want to like contribute to this and like she just keeps seeing save ferris throughout the day and oh my god i just can i start with like the funniest thing she does in the movie yes start with it Okay, okay, so I love whenever she's driving home from the police station with her mom and Ferris runs into the car and she realizes, like, I could get home before he does and she just starts flying. Yeah, and, she floors it. And then the mom is, like, yelling at her and she just is not yelling, she's literally screaming at <laughs> yeah. her mom. It's so funny and God bless Jennifer Grey because I... I mean, normally she's like what the sweet protagonist and she is really just something different in this movie. And I actually really love her in this movie. I think Jeannie has every right to be doing what she's doing. More so than Rooney. Rooney's being a creep where Jeannie, Ooh. Yeah, Jeannie has every right to get her brother. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, I feel like the way her parents treat her and stuff, I feel like she's in the right. So Does, that's my two cents for well, Jeannie. You know, I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm not disagreeing with you mm-hmm. at all. I, I think she does get dealt a bit of a raw deal from her parents definitely Mm -hmm. (laughs) but as we've already established from her conversation with grace she she falls out with a lot of people um yeah a lot of people she um Mm -hmm. i think she's the only kid in the school who doesn't like ferris which is fair enough she has Mm -hmm. a she has more motivation than most Um, i couldn't quite work out ferris's dynamic with genie because we the way he he is at the beginning when he's faking the illness and he's winking at her and he's saying like he's going shh like that i can't kind of looks to me like he he thinks she's gonna be in on the joke or something and not expecting (laughs) her to be really really annoyed about it Mm -hmm. i I don't know whether he thinks Mm -hmm. he's got a good relationship with her or or not um because we only see them together at the beginning and at the end don't we Mm -hmm. um she obviously yeah does not care Mm -hmm. for him and his antics um one little bit but i don't know what he feels about her and yet to me it's like him rubbing it in her face like haha i don't have to go to school (laughs) probably I'm sure it's for that. like the ninth time, like you know, and and she's just so over it. And you know what? It's probably happened so many times that every time she tries to fight her parents on it mm-hmm. and tell them the truth, they probably just shut her down. So she knows not to even bother bringing it up. But she knows, like, if she can catch him, then then she'll win the day. And I- but I love how both Rooney and her are in the house that he's supposedly in because he's sick and they think because they're going to find him in the house, that's it, they caught him. Well, he's sick. Yeah, of course he's going to be in the house. 
<laughs> yeah, that doesn't make any. That doesn't make any sense. Well, oh I don't. Um, well, I think Jeannie. I think Jeannie's <clears throat> makes a little bit of sense in that she runs back to the, to the house to check he's there and bursts into the room and sees mm-hmm. it's like a setup. I knew it. Oh my god. Yeah. I knew it. <laughs> uh, but then she's still sneaking around the house after that, isn't she? But she is. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, yeah. I, I think she's got some cracking lines, especially in the bits with oh yeah with Ed, where she describes him as possibly armed definitely weird um when she's on the phone to the police <laughs> I, I like... oh my god i love yeah no, go on, sorry, no, go go on. On. i think I, I was just gonna say like when she's trying to scare rooney off and she screams like i have herpes like he's <laughs> i think that's one of my favorite absolutely one of my favorite lines and do you know how like sometimes lines get burned into your brain for whatever reason and mm-hmm. and they'll just come to you mm-hmm. at random moments in your life mm-hmm. i think and a scorching case of herpes is, is just <laughs> one of those lines i just think it's um it's it's brilliant i think it's so funny it's so and, and so good so, so funny good. and so good oh my gosh and then even like when she like triple kicks rooney in mm-hmm. the face it's it's so funny like who knew, <laughs> who, knew who knew she could do that and then she gets this like great scene with charlie sheen at the police station mm-hmm. too and i i, I just I, I like that whole thing too. yeah i really like <laughs> and that, that. kind of reminds me a little bit of breakfast club with molly ringwall and i can't think of the other guy's name but when they hook up in breakfast club like the guy you wouldn't expect like princess molly ringwall oh, Jude, to hook up Jude, with. what's his face yeah 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 you know who i mean but doesn't that kind of just slightly yes. remind you of that like oh yeah <laughs> yeah i hadn't thought of it but yeah totally definitely <laughs> Um, I think I love. I I know I keep saying it, but I love this bit. I love uh, Jeannie in the in the police station. So she gets arrested, mm-hmm. I think, for wasting police time or something like that, doesn't she? For, uh-huh. They think that she's done mm-hmm. a phony police call, and she meets Charlie Sheen's character, who is in. What are you in for? Drugs? No. What are you in for? Drugs? Yeah. So he's <laughs> so he's in for drugs, and they have a little conversation, and Jeannie goes on this kind of like Zen journey from here. Mm-hmm. I think um, some of the characters start the movie in the same and finish in the same place. You know, they they finish the movie in the same place they started, if that makes sense. But um, mm-hmm. Jeannie doesn't. Jeannie is on yeah. a voyage of discovery, and I think quite a a, a modern one in that you know we're all sort of a bit more aware now that because there's infinite communication coming in from every angle in all our pores that sometimes you just need to focus on you rather than the world going on around you and that's that kind of mm-hmm. like what genie discovers in this isn't it like with the help of charlie sheen that might be the only time you ever say that <laughs> yes <laughs> <For> any- <laughs> that's true um oh god but she... I just like how like they they like end up hooking up mm-hmm. and she's so happy about it <laughs> and I just wonder I kind of like wonder is like is that the first time a guy has ever kissed you because I wouldn't be too happy or thrilled that that's like the guy I'm making out with or anything <laughs> and she's just so happy after that and it's like that guy like oh I don't know but so I kind of like wonder if maybe she just hasn't had a boyfriend yet or anything <laughs> maybe may- maybe maybe she just really likes um bad boys bad boys or drug addicts mm-hmm. who can give really really good life advice yeah apparently she apparently jennifer gray recommended charlie sheen for that role which i find unusual oh, that's so funny. i find that unusual because yeah. obviously john hughes must know charlie sheen because he worked with emilio estevez brother yes yeah <laughs> i find that a bit i find that a bit strange that would be so funny if like his 
own brother didn't like recommend him. Yeah, no, <laughs> somebody else. <laughs> That's it. I mean, surely your brother would recommend you, Charlie, mm-hmm. unless there's an issue mm-hmm. there. Why did it take mm-hmm. Jennifer Grey to recommend you? To... I just that 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 boggles me mind a little bit. <laughs> I like that Charlie Sheen said he didn't sleep for like forty eight hours <laughs> to like, but it's like, oh, he's gonna say it's for the role. Sure, yeah, yeah you didn't sleep for forty eight hours. <laughs> okay. Oh, so cynical, oh, so cynical. Mm-hmm. But you're probably right. <laughs> but you're probably right. So I, I mean, I think now the older I get and I watch it, I, I, I sort of focus a little bit more on Jeannie each time. I don't know why that is. I, mm-hmm. I think um maybe she's kind of right yeah i mean that may you know that's what you said isn't it i think like as you get older like you realize like genie's not in in the wrong not that i want her to succeed but i understand more like where genie's coming from yeah (laughs) something rooney for sure and in Mm -hmm. in a and in a way absolutely she does win doesn't she because she she oh, yeah. decides the fate of them she decides ferris's fate she's the one in charge mm-hmm. there in yeah. that in that moment i i think like she kind of is the hero of the movie tell um, me more just because she does save her brother finally at the end mm-hmm. and i think that's why it's okay to like genie too like if she wouldn't have done that whether like you agree with what she's doing or not you don't want her teaming up with rooney you don't want no. that to happen you don't want ferris to get no. caught that would ruin the whole movie yeah. so yeah i think she kind of is like the the savior of the movie for sure yeah me too i agree she is do you have anything else on genie no other than did you know that uh god i did say it she's um that her and matthew Roderick were together but you know i didn't know until we started recording this podcast and then i did know uh (laughs) thinking about this movie and just looking up i was surprised by that I mean, to be fair, yeah, that is my knowledge of yeah. of this sort of stuff is is, is terrible, and I mean, I'm really bad uh-huh. at knowing this sort of stuff. Well, I guess like keeping it all in the family. Did you know? God, I'm so sorry that the mom, Mrs. Bueller, and Mr. Bueller, they actually married in real life. Did you know that? That's crazy, isn't it? Crazy. Yeah, I mean, they got divorced a couple years later, but they were married and had some kids together. <laughs> Good on them. For a little bit. They, I think that's cute. I think they're really believable parents. And then you're like, oh, they actually have yeah. chemistry because they like each other. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, no, that does make sense. Yeah. I, I think they're believable mm-hmm. parents too. They just yeah. Uh, yeah, they just do a bit of parenting and they don't like their daughter. <laughs> but they bought a really nice car. It is a really nice car yeah. compared to the computer. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather have the car. <laughs> so would Ferris. Uh, but yeah, that's really all I had to say about Jeannie. Um, We're on the Jeannie train talk about. We love Jeannie. Jeannie Jeannie's great. She is, though. I really like Mm -hmm. her. Um, But we're going to talk about now. So we're kind of getting into the main three now. And I just have to say, like, this is like one of my favorite characters of all time. I love Sloane Peterson so much. Tell me more. She's just like, I don't know. Like, why can't every like female character be that awesome and like independent (laughs) and like just. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like she, she's not like the whiny attention seeker. She's not like the princess type. She's just like so cool and chill. She's and it's so like, fucking cool, isn't she? <sighs> like perfection and like everything. Like she's wearing. I love her outfit mm-hmm. so much. And so I have like earrings, kind of like she does. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna maybe start wearing them like she does. Where like one dangly one and then like one <laughs> solid one. <laughs> I just want to be cool. I've always wanted to be cool like Sloane. Like, she was just so somebody, like, when cool. I first saw that movie, I was like, I want to be like this mm-hmm. so bad. Mm-hmm. Like, and I just love her. I love her so much because she kind of, in a way, I know we haven't talked about them really yet, but in a way, she kind of reminds me of a hybrid of Ferris and Cameron, mm-hmm. where she's very cool and confident like Ferris. But when shit starts to hit the fan, 
she gets a little like, oh, my God, what are we doing? And, like, kind of like Cameron. Now, I wouldn't say she's, like, on the spectrum, like, the very, like, end of the spectrum. Like, they both are. Like, I would say she's, like, the middle of the three of them. But she kind of really reminds me of both of them. And I think that's why they all get along so well together. Like, I know she's a year younger, too. But I just think Sloane's, like, perfect in every way. And I just love her. I love her so much. Do you know? Um, <laughs> Do you have any thoughts? Do you know? <laughs> I'm so pleased to hear you say that because I was struggling really. I didn't want to come across as just going, isn't she just amazing? <laughs> because she is just so good. So amazing. And, you know, 14 year old me watching this film and just being transfixed by uh, Sloan Peterson. Mm-hmm. And I think all three of them, their outfits are iconic. I think, you know, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah. Uh, but Sloan's white leather jacket with the tassels. Mm-hmm. Oh, Talk to me. That is, that is, um, oh, I think <laughs> I can't even describe it. I think that may be my favorite. No, it's my second favorite piece of clothing in this film. I is so, so good. I love that. Mm-hmm. She, I think it's exactly like you said. She's so cool. She's so cool. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing that I really, which I think you were, you were sort of alluding to and saying too is just that she's so kind, isn't she as well? Yeah. And I was just thinking like, yeah. she's got this day <laughs> off with her boyfriend who's probably going to go off to college in a different city or something like that. And he brings mm-hmm. his best friend along who, moans mm-hmm. the entire time and and doesn't seem to be having a good time but she doesn't care she's she gets she re, she mm-hmm. likes cameron she likes spending time mm-hmm. with cameron they have a really yeah. lovely conversation which i think is maybe my uh you're talking about like during the parade yeah that, i love, I love that. that yeah i love that so much i was gonna bring that up next actually well i'd i love <laughs> no what do you i love it yeah, yeah i think what it, do you like about I it i just love it such a <laughs> It's it's a real friendship conversation and they're not trying to mm-hmm. I don't feel it doesn't feel to me like they're filling time, you know, waiting for Ferris to get back because it's mm-hmm. Ferris Bueller's day off, so where's Ferris? What's Ferris doing? Yeah. But no, we, mm-hmm. we just spend a little bit of time with Sloane and Cameron by themselves, which I think we don't this think this is the only time they're by themselves. And they have just a great conversation about what is it they say? Um, what are you interested in? Oh, I'm not really yeah. interested in anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What are you interested yeah. in? I don't know. <laughs> and yeah. it's just, but that's just like these kids. They're about to. Well, Sloan's a year mm-hmm. behind, like you said, but they're they're about to become adults, and it's and I think a big part of this this film is that transition from being a kid to an adult and and anticipating that, seeing that on the horizon, seeing that coming, being intimidated, scared for whatever reason, and so how do you react and how do you mm-hmm. respond to it? But I think it's really summed up really well in that. In, in that, I, And then even like the little joke they have, she's like, well, she's kind of like asking him, like, well, where do you see Ferris? And he's like, as a fry cook. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> like, you know, like they're being serious, but they're like also poking fun at it. Because mm-hmm. I think like their lives are all about to change. I don't think, well, okay, one thing that stresses me out about this movie. So I think they're graduating like in a month. And, like, Cameron and Ferris have no idea where they're going to college. Now, listen, like, I knew where I was going to college my junior year of high school. So where Sloan is at, I knew what school I was going to because they make you apply. Well, my school was, like, like the second semester of your junior year. They're, like, start applying now. Start going to see schools now. So literally going in and a lot of people in my school, just even before going into my senior year of high school, I knew what college I was going to. And this, they're just like, well, well, we don't know where we're going. But I bet any money, like, I bet they end up going to different schools. And I kind of just laughed because I just thought of Super Bad really quick. <laughs> like the, the last, 
the last night Michael Sarah and Jonah Hill like well not the last night but it's like them coming to terms that they're going to different schools finally and I just love them in the sleeping bag and he's like poop like on his <laughs> nose and stuff like that but that's like a really like hard thing like where like you have to you you can't just keep going to school with the same people you have to go where you really want to go and do what you really want to do and you kind of just have to like get away from the people that you really love and care about at that point in your life and that's why it's such a hard time I feel like I, d- I don't think they end up at the same school mm-hmm. and and I think they're both like realizing that and I think that's one big reason why Cameron takes the day off yeah. and everything and I think Sloan is kind of like in the same boat where she she's probably gonna end up going somewhere completely different too and I think she's trying to like get an idea like hey where do you see yourself but it's it's kind of reassuring to her that Cameron has no idea either and she yeah. doesn't and it's okay to not know yeah. you're only like 18 17 you're not supposed to know everything <laughs> mm. and I think that's so normal and relatable because like I'm I don't know if you had this experience but like when I was like in school like I'll like so eighth grade is like the last year for middle school and then you go to high school the next year but even in eighth grade they were like you better start looking at colleges Jesus. like they drilled college into our brain oh my goodness like you wouldn't believe and I know a lot of people like that have went to different high schools too and it was the same thing and like you're noticing now like it might have been better like if you just took some time mm-hmm. off and decided what you really wanted to do 18 is way too young to know like what you want to do for there some people are lucky and they know but like I mean I thought I knew what I wanted to do and I changed my mind completely like when I was almost done with my undergrad so I think it's kind of just nice like watching this movie and it's like it's okay if you don't know what you want to do it can take forever yeah. to know what you want to do and, and that's okay and I like that's why I love that scene mm-hmm. so much. Oh, I'm glad you so, love that. I yeah. really love it as well. So we're mm-hmm. getting some real mm-hmm. podcasting telepathy going on here. I, <laughs> I, I think. I think also what coming back to what you said about her being sort of in the middle of these two very extreme characters probably serves mm-hmm. as a way to really ground the three of them as well, doesn't it? She's a little bit of an yeah. an, she's a little bit of an anchor <laughs> from from the histrionics yeah. of both of them um i think she does a lot of great sort of um visual acting sort of silent acting like um mm-hmm. when ferris mm-hmm. pulls up with the ferrari and her face when she mm-hmm. sees it uh, next to rudy oh, oh goodness i i even love when he's like do you have a kiss for daddy you have a like, kiss are for you daddy <laughs> and he she's so annoyed she's like are you kidding me like are we really gonna do this <laughs> but then she just goes for it yeah. you know that's like the cameron part of it is the first thing like are you kidding me and then the fairest part is her just going along with it and 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 then like really be like so that's how they do it in their family. oh goodness <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and um when when they're in the taxi later on and they see yeah uh, Ferris's dad. Oh my! I fell in love with her mm-hmm. in that when she was in that taxi, <laughs> and she does that very <laughs> silent hi. Yeah, <laughs> and it's very like, what is he doing? What is he doing? He's licking the glass and making obscene gestures with his hands. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. I think like I actually think she's very funny too, like how you said that, but also like whenever like they they're giving Rooney the runaround, they all are, and yeah. they've all left messages on their voice machine. And he calls her house and she's like, There's been a death in the family. If you need us, please go home. <laughs> and she like doesn't say a number, but so 
somehow Grace like is like, oh, I'll call that number. And somehow Grace has picked up the number. Grace knows. <laughs> but she she just makes like, she doesn't say anything. She just makes like weeping sounds. And it's so funny. <laughs> I hear it. And even like when the nurse comes and tells her that her grandmother's dead, she's so good at acting. <laughs> she's like, oh, no. And she just starts crying. And I think she, I think they're like the perfect group yeah. together. I think they all work so well together. And I, I love Sloan. Yeah. Oh, I just love Sloan. Which I so also much. love Sloan. It's a it's an <laughs> ongoing disappointment with me really. Like she didn't do loads or didn't have a lot of Yeah. She, I know she was I was like made up when I went to see Time Cop and she turned up as <laughs> as John Claude Van Damme's wife and I was like, Oh yeah, Sloan pieces in this But I mean I don't know anything else really that she's been in. I, Those are the only two things I can think of, yeah. I think she, by by <laughs> I all know. accounts I don't think she really enjoyed making this film. Uh I think Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Because she was um, young. I think she's like 18. And then the others were all she's a bit older. She's 18 in this movie, yeah. Uh, I don't think yeah. it was because of the actors. I think it was just she was at an age where she felt um, mm-hmm. exposed and maybe I, yeah, and it found difficult to, difficult to yeah. process it all happening, I think. I will say one thing, though. I think originally, um, I think Hughes wanted Molly Ringwald for this role. And I can't oh, thank God goodness. enough every day that that didn't happen. I can't even imagine it. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. I don't hate Molly Ringwald at all, but I just oh. like I just don't want it. I don't want to take it back. I don't want it. No, I'm not hating on Molly Ringwald Please. one bit. But but the thing about Sloane is a bit. Uh, well, the thing about Sloane is she's a cheerleader. Mm-hmm. She's like clearly beautiful, and she's dating the most popular guy in school. And you and you cannot imagine anybody disliking her. You know, mm-hmm. and 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 yeah. I think that only you can't have that from Molly Ringwald. I don't think you can. Mm-hmm. I, we can no. from me and no. Sarah. I think you know what we kind of it just like like a light bulb just went off. Um, I think what is so special about Ferris and why I think it might be my favorite is he's not using his regulars. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's a completely fresh new cast yeah. of people. Um, other than Grace, because Grace isn't uh, planes, trains, and automobiles, oh. and she has like one of the best <laughs> lines ever. <laughs> Whenever Steve Martin is like keeps dropping the f bomb on her. <laughs> Do you remember? No, that? but that when, that came out after like, this, right? So this must be her first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So this will be her. Oh, you're right. Okay. So this is, yeah, because Planes, Trains, and Automobiles the following year. You're right. Oh, my gosh. So really, this is all like brand new people. And I, I love that because I think this is honestly the best cast. Yes ever like well Ooh. like for like you know at least one of the best casts ever and definitely the best cast ever for a john hughes mm-hmm. movie though it's hard to top steve martin and john candy well in planes but that's just two people i'm saying like the whole movie like mm-hmm. is it's just really 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 yeah <laughs> well casted and everything and that's kind of why we're doing it like this because i think that's that's a reflection of it is like we just love the individual characters yeah. and, and the performances oh my gosh yeah and they're also distinct and so so their own like character i don't know how to describe it better but but they're just people that stick with you mm-hmm. like once you see this once mm-hmm. you're just like they like they stay with you forever <laughs> timeless timeless as i said mm-hmm. 100%. yeah this, other than the answering machines <laughs> <laughs> well, do you want to this is pretty timeless do you want to mm-hmm. um say anything more about sloan i will but it'll tie more okay. into like when we get to ferris and cameron and everything well yeah. we've got Ferris and Cameron left. Ferris and Cameron, mm-hmm. who should we go with? Who should we go with? I think we should save our favorite for last because you can make an argument that it's also his movie. Yes, you can. Uh, we'll do. F- <laughs> so we'll do Ferris first. Oh, blasphemy! Oh no, we're losing listeners. Oh God, no! Well, it's our podcast. We do what we no. want to do. So. <laughs> I think you know, Ferris. 
Grace is our second favorite. No, well, maybe not for you because <laughs> Grace is. I I would say I would say my my top three is Cameron Sloan, and then I'd say Grace, well, and then Ferris. But Ferris, I love I love Ferris. I love Ferris. But like, here is one question for you: uh, Is Ferris a good friend? Well, <laughs> is he? And and I think that <laughs> I think that is a question. <laughs> That uh, when you watch it, you are asking yourself as the film goes on. And I, and I, I wonder, it works out in the end, but it was mm-hmm. that by design or was that by luck? And sometimes when I watch it, I think it was by luck. And sometimes when I watch it, I mm-hmm. think it was by design, as Sloane clearly does at the end. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I watched it this time. I thought it was by design. I was I was trying not to be cynical yeah. about it. Um, mm-hmm. I think that Ferris, I think Ferris knows Cameron is off. That's why he picks that day mm-hmm. to take off. He knows Cameron is off, so he, yeah. he picks that day because he does want to spend the day with Cameron. I suppose the underlying question is, is that just because he wants to borrow Cameron's car, Cameron's dad's car, or is it something mm-hmm. else? And, you know, they're only, they're only in that car driving to Chicago and then they park it. Mm-hmm. It's not, a, It's not for mm-hmm. them, it's not much of the day. So I think it's probably not just about the car, but then he, he manages mm-hmm. to wangle the car in there after Cameron... <laughs> Um, puts mm-hmm. his foot in it with Rooney. But I don't know, what mm-hmm. do you think? I think, like, as I was kind of mentioning before, like, that they are going to end up going to different schools. And they're, like, they'll have the summer and everything, and I'm sure they'll do a lot together in the summer. But this feels like one, like, last day they can actually be together. And there's a couple instances where, like, you can really see, like, that Ferris, like, really cares about Cameron. Mm-hmm. And I think one is <laughs> just, like, subtle when he's like, oh, we'd be in gym class right now. And they both kind of have, like, a laugh <laughs> yeah. about that. And you kind of see, like, Cameron's excited that they didn't go to school yeah. today. And then you see, like, the the gym class running by and then the other time is whenever cameron falls into well goes headfirst into the pool and he like passes out or whatever and ferris is like so upset when cameron's not waking up and you just know how much ferris actually really does care about cameron um and then cameron finally gets one on ferris (laughs) in that moment uh which is nice to see a good good on you cameron uh, finally, but I think he just cares about him. But I think he knows he can easily talk him into things. Yeah, like Fer- like like Ferris is obviously the leader, and Cameron. No, I wouldn't want to. Lackey is not the word I want to say, but he goes along with it. And I think Cameron kind of needs to like stop being a wet blanket sometimes so it's good for him yeah. but some but of I... the things he talks him into, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that is that that is the oh, what's the word that is cameron's um voyage in this film and we'll mm-hmm. and so we will obviously mm-hmm. discuss that more but ferris points it out a few times i think doesn't he mm-hmm. the some of the i don't know personality traits in cameron that he thinks that if he doesn't look at and and change uh, that, mm-hmm. that he's going to cause him problems when he when he's older and i think the fact that when <laughs> cameron's car does dad's car does go out the window ferris mm-hmm. does step up and say okay i'll take it you know, and I think that's genuine. Yeah. I do think that's genuine. And so, I th- yeah. And and I, a part of me always, a part of me thinks like these two, these two guys are are so different. I mean, you know, why mm-hmm. why why are they friends? But you see that they've been friends for such a long time, and and it just feels like mm-hmm. I don't know the cool kid in school. If he if he didn't want to be friends with you, he wouldn't be friends with you. He could have he could yeah. have his pick. He'd go around the the lunchroom and just say, you know, I'll sit with you today, <laughs> and then he'd start a new friendship. Um, mm-hmm. But he stay mm-hmm. he stays with Cameron, and and there must be a reason. There must be beyond mm-hmm. you know he does everything that I ask him because we see that in pretty much all the students. You know, 
don't they? Yeah. They all would do anything for Ferris in a way. Oh my gosh. Um, so I think, I think he's a good, a good friend who, who sometimes makes bad decisions based with good intentions. Okay. Yeah, no, that's a really good answer. So I I will accept that. Oh, thanks. I don't know what I think sometimes because sometimes it's like, like you said, like when you watch it, like, you know, like you said, like sometimes you're cynical with it. Sometimes it's the same thing with like Ferris. Like I don't dislike Ferris at all ever, but there's sometimes where I'm like, oh man, what are you getting your friend into? Yeah. Like, is that like really a good idea? Is that really what he needs right now? And then even like, it's harsh, but it's true when like whenever... <laughs> Whenever they find out how many miles are on the car and Cameron does his like iconic scream mm. throughout the city and then he's like just like a deer in the headlights like straight like, like on his back staring straight mm-hmm. up. And I love I love that Slim's like taking care of him or trying to she's like, This is this isn't even working. Like, you know, <laughs> like the hot girl playing with your hair is no. <laughs> But um I just I love this line, but it's also like, oh, it's so harsh, but it's so true. And he's like, Cameron's probably going to marry the first girl that he lays with, like, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. He's like, unless if we, like, change something for him, like, you know, and it's like, oh, it's kind of true, mm. though. And, like, then he's going to be in, like, some miserable marriage for his whole life because that's what he did. And we don't want that for Cameron. So for maybe what Ferris is, <laughs> like, doing is correct. I don't know. It, it gets complicated. <laughs> it does. It, for sure. Yeah, it does. But I think one of the mm-hmm. um, one of the ways that i can choose to see the positives is probably the matthew broderick in the role who uh, is like mm-hmm. a baby face charmer um <laughs> it doesn't seem to, <laughs> i find it hard mm-hmm. to believe really that there is a malicious bone in in, in his body uh, yeah. and, and a bit like yeah. sloan in that way in that you can't Im- mm-hmm. i can't imagine um him doing any sort of shenanigans evil shenanigans just to get mm-hmm. just to get his his mate's dad's yeah Ferrari. Oh, definitely. I just think like Ferris is just immature sometimes, and that's oh, totally allowed because he's only eighteen. I mean, I mean, I'm still immature, a lot <laughs> of the time. and I'm way past eighteen. And so, like, that's another thing. Like, you know, like just talking your friend into something ridiculous. Like we've all done it. You but, know, it, it happens. Yeah, and I think Ferris is 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 probably the one who is really fearing the move into adulthood quite a lot. Yeah. Because, you know, he's got this mystique about him in high school, you know, save Ferris, mm-hmm. all this stuff. But then, like, he's just, like, even the way he blurts out to Sloane, you want to get married? Like, he doesn't know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. And then he, like, even says, like, at the end, like, I do want to marry her. I did mean that. And it's just because he's just, I think, like you said, like, he wants to hold on. He doesn't want to lose, like, whatever mm-hmm. he has at this moment. Because it is going to change when he goes to college. He's going to be, like, a nobody. No offense. That's just what happens to everybody <laughs> yeah. when you go to college. Sure. So I think he is wrestling. <laughs> I think he's wrestling with that. And that's um, where he's at when he when he takes his day off. But he, he wants to share it with Cameron and his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. That's what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, what did you think yeah. about... Um, all the fourth wall stuff. Oh my god! Okay, so one of my favorite scenes—it makes me laugh so hard. It's after he talks to like all those freshmen on the phone. He's like, "You ever see Alien?" And he's like playing all those sound <laughs> effects. Um, but I love when he's actually like playing the song, and then he just like looks and turns at the camera really quick <laughs> yeah. and like has the biggest grin on his face. It's so funny because he knows like he's being so immature, but it's just, it's making you laugh. So he's like looking at you like, "I gotcha," yeah. like you know, and I. I love that so much but the beginning i don't know is there anything better than like him explaining like Mm. how he can fool his parents how he why he's taking the day off uh like you know like (laughs) 
He's like, I do have a test today. I do have I a test. I wasn't lying. Today. It's about like European <laughs> socialism. And he's like, but I don't care about fascists, like, or whatever. Like, you can be a fascist. I, that doesn't mean like I have a car still or whatever. Yeah, and still like, would have a car. But wait, what is the other line? Oh my God, wait. Okay. Like, when he's explaining about like how he pretends to be sick, and he's like, yeah, sure, it's childish, uh, but so is high school. And it's just like, see, I love, so I love that one. And the one about, that seems to get banded around is the one like life moves pretty fast you know that's a good line mm-hmm. but i crack up at yeah yeah it's a little childish and stupid but so is high school <laughs> i love that mm-hmm. one. Oh my gosh yeah. and like i think ferris is so relatable too though because i remember my senior year of high school i took so many days off because i just was ready to go yeah. i was just ready to go and i think like even though he loves like his status and all of his friends and everything i think in a way like you know you get to a certain age and you're like you're ready to go at the same time but and you're just kind of over high school mm. maybe not like the friendship aspect of it but like going and rooney and the teachers and the test and like he's got like a month left like that is just i mean even like with like like just our day-to-day jobs like there's so many times where you're just like oh my gosh like i don't i just i'm not for it today mm-hmm. i can't do this today and like i think that is just such a lifelong relatable oh yeah thing. Well, and i love that so much i am in i'm in the na- a job who's for a very long time it would change every four to six months and you would get in the last two weeks <laughs> of that current job and you'd be like i am winding down right now i'm ready to move <laughs> on to the next one that is definitely relatable <laughs> i think this may have been the first film i ever saw that broke the fourth wall i think that's why it really stands out for me because <laughs> i don't think I'd, yeah. i don't think i'd seen that before and i was reading today something <laughs> That was that, that interested me that they did those scenes last because they had they gave him sort of the time to sort of get into the character so he knew who Ferris mm-hmm. was and because it was a kind of an awkward okay. sort of thing talking to the camera he wasn't like he was a ste- mm-hmm. he was like a theater actor I think before this maybe yeah. and so like t- to feel who Ferris was and then he felt more <laughs> confident to just do the whole mm-hmm. talk to the camera bit. Oh, okay. That's really cool. Cause he's, he seems so effortlessly yeah. like cool when he does it. I love even like when they get to the first parking lot attendant and he's like, do you speak English? And he's like, yeah, what country do you think this is? And he just does that <laughs> yeah. side look again, like at the camera. Like I just, I love like when he's talking to the camera is always really good, but like just the looks yeah. he gives throughout like the movie. Um, I just, I love Matthew Broderick so much. I cannot believe the career he had after this. You know what I mean? Like, it's so unusual to me because he is, like, just Mr. Cool. And he's very hot in this movie and, like, everything else, though. (laughs) Though, I think I might have told you this once. Like, actually, the first thing I ever saw Matthew Broderick in. Was the 1990, I think it's 1997 Godzilla movie. Oh, yeah. And I had a big crush on him then because I thought he was really handsome. I have a weird thing with guys and dinosaurs. We'll get to that at one point. (laughs) 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 But like, I couldn't believe it was him because he's like such a scientist nerd in that movie. And so like a couple years later when I'm watching this like for the first time, it's like, who is this? Revelation. I I was like, I could not believe it was the same guy. I I don't know. What do you think? Like, do you think like, do you think he... Yeah, in, in this, this movie, movie. oh yeah, yeah yeah um but like i mean just like he's where he, he's had odd choices i, I think like his for, for movies yeah. after hasn't he sorry marcy what were you saying i was just gonna say like like did anybody see his career going the way that it did mm. you know what i mean like i wonder if um, i mean obviously he had some yeah. tragedy to sort of deal with as well didn't he yeah. and i think yeah and and also yeah. he's he strikes me as a bit of a family 
guy-ish, maybe. And yeah, do you know who he's married to in real is life? He still, well, is he still married to Sarah Jessica Park? Yeah. Yeah, they're still married. They've been married for a very long yeah. time. Yeah. I knew that one. Yeah. That's what I, I knew. I think they're cute. Yeah. I think um, I think they're cute. Together. So I mean, you know, he's certainly been working and I love election that mm-hmm. he's in, but again, he's not a, a Oh god. He's, not, he's the Rooney yeah, in election. He's not a, he's not a he, sexy he character is, in, yeah. in election. No. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That's so funny that he like yeah, like uh, like just 10 years later he's Rooney. Oh, shit. Was it a, 10 years? Movie. Like 1999. It's 13 years after. Flipping yeah. Neck. That's that's it. I know. That's what it's, I mean. That's what I mean. Nobody knew what kind no. of career I mean, he it, was gonna have. But uh yeah. just saying it is I was watching it when I was watching it again, I was like, I was I was like going remembering, going flipping egg, he was absolutely gorgeous. He, he really mm-hmm. was. Like such he really a was well yeah. put together fella. Mm-hmm. And and like I think like you kind of like mentioned like he came from stage too. So he's actually like a very good singer. And so like he did a lot of Broadway and like that's where his fame like kind of really was at and everything. And though, do you know one big movie he's in from the 90s? Do you know this? I wonder if you know what this is. Uh, I'll take a guess. Is, are you Bill Oxy Blues? Is that one? No? No. Do you know he plays Simba in the Lion Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> Brilliant. Yes. <laughs> That that is a good. If that Ferris is a good Bueller was a lion, it would be similar. <laughs> so that's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of like a similar role. But uh, that really shocked me when I found that out. So that I mean that like I mean like that's what I mean. Like his career is all over. Yeah, the place. it is. Like, it is. <laughs> well, what are your favorite? But I love him. I love him. What are your favorite Ferris yeah. moments? What do you? <sighs> so okay, I I said I was gonna say some stuff for Sloane, so I'm just gonna talk about my favorite scene in the whole movie ever, and it ties with all three of them. I uh, I love the Art Institute mm. scene. I love from start to finish. I think it's absolutely perfect. Uh, you have the Smith song in the background, and then them with the little kids holding. <laughs> Yeah. I love how that starts with and the then, kids holding hands. It's just the cutest. Oh, it's mm-hmm. so cute. It is so cute. And then the way they're all looking at paintings. I think one of my favorite movie kisses ever is him and Sloane. It's like a stained glass yeah. window. And I just, I really, I think like that's him actually like just being himself with Sloane. He doesn't have to be over the top. He doesn't have to be super funny. He doesn't have to put on a show because there's not all these people around. It's just him and his girlfriend and he's just being very sweet with her and you can see how much they like like each other. And I really, I love that. And I love the, I love the music. Thank God it's not, I love that song so much, but I'm glad it's just like the instrumental version of it because uh, I love that Smith song so much and I just think it's really beautiful and then kind of just to finish it off, it's just kidding. Cameron looking into that blank face. I had that down. <laughs> I, I, that I had too. that down for Cameron because I think that's a bit of a moment for Cameron. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. definitely, definitely. But I just thought since I was doing the whole art institute, yes. I would just start from start to finish. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that. That's my favorite scene. I love it. I love that movie. scene. I, I think it's. Um, I think I read somewhere that he, he felt it was a little bit. Um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, he was being humored by, you know, he's been allowed to sort of stick these, uh, these things in, but it was like, mm-hmm. these, these are the pictures. These are the paintings. These are the sculptures that he did go and, and, and those are his favorite ones in the art uh, institute. And so he Aww. wanted to put them in. And it's actually, it's so, it's so, such a good change of pace. We see them on their day doing various different things mm-hmm. and it just, it, it kind of brings a tear to my eye that a little bit because it is so well put together and mm-hmm. so thoughtful. Mm-hmm. I think also like the music has a big thing to do with it. It just was such a smart choice 
to leave it like that i feel mm-hmm. like like oh like he knew what he was doing yeah i love i love that whole <laughs> scene so much it's so good and then i guess we should talk about the parade mm-hmm. scene and i have a question after we we get into it a little bit more <laughs> but i i don't know is there anything more like iconic than him on the parade I don't know. Float? is there anything more satisfying <laughs> in this world than that version of twist and shout I'm not sure there is. <laughs> I could watch that again and again on a loop, on a loop. That's what heaven oh my is. Gosh. I, yeah. And I just found out um, today when I was doing some research that like they had some extras um, and then everybody else just heard the music and started dancing <laughs> so and he just filmed them. Yeah. And I love that. So that I actually cried. So I watched it today and I actually cried watching that for some reason i just kind of like when people can just all be happy together and just in a good mood like everybody's just feeling it in a good vibe and i don't know why today like it just made me cry for some reason because i guess we haven't had that in a while and it's just like oh my gosh i just love things like that so much and i i just i love him on he's so i mean that's when you're like man is this the most charming man that's ever lived (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean thanks for putting it into those words because that is exactly it when you you just see a whole group Mm -hmm. of people just having fun like that Mm -hmm. and just really getting into it um and just the sort of i don't know just i think it's just this whole i think when you when i'm watching it this this weight of emotion can just mm-hmm. come out because it is so cathartic and so feel goody that um mm-hmm. and and that song is perfect and the way matthew broderick dances is the now the way that i will always dance to twist and shout i mean it just can't be any other way that is the way that it happens um <laughs> Everything even to like the trust fall at the end with all those with those German mm-hmm. brass band players. Just perfection. <laughs> yes. Perfection. Um mm-hmm. so, yeah, and um I, well it took it took a bit of wangling, I think, to get Twist and Shout in it, but it paid off because like mm-hmm. you say, once you've seen that, I mean that is, you know, mm-hmm. this is this movie is there in your head for the rest of your life. So money well yeah, well spent. I, I think so, yeah. And I think like when you ask people like that, I think majority of people would say that's what they think of when they yeah. think of this movie. Um, I just... Okay, so I have one question. Is this not going to be on the news later? <laughs> well, like, is this not going to be... <laughs> we've already seen he's been on TV once today. When they were at the... Oh, God. When they were at yeah. the baseball he game. He is the luckiest, <laughs> luckiest man alive. So many close calls. So many close calls. Yeah, but calls Sloan and uh, Cameron both say to him, you are going to get busted. Someone will have seen you. Yeah. It's like... Well, if they saw yeah. me, who's going to believe it was me? You know, he's just so confident yeah. like that. So confident. And, um, and it's so funny, too, because you get his dad looking down yeah. in his office and dancing dun, to it, too. Dun, and, dun, like, dun, how they almost dun. run into the, the, the dad at the restaurant. It's, it's just so, I don't know. Like, I'm just, I think, like, you just are just so happy, like, that he gets away with it. You know, I think it's so easy to root for Ferris. Like, yeah, you might have some questions about, like, his intentions and things like that. But he's just a likable guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Like, it's it's never been a more clear protagonist and antagonist in a movie, I feel like. <laughs> like, you can definitely hate on Rooney and you can love Ferris. And, and even though there's, like, like, Rooney might have some good points, Ferris does some questionable things. But it's so, it's so black and white, which is so nice. Yeah. You know, I don't know many movies like that. And I think that Ferris has, it may be my favorite line in it. And one of the ones I quote very, very regularly. Um, and it is that a really hard cut to, from when 
Rooney's speaking to his mum on the phone and she's like, I can assure you, he is very, very sick boy. And it cuts straight to him and he's just playing the clarinet with that stupid out on his face and it sounds dreadful <laughs> and he just goes, never had one lesson. And it just cuts straight back. <laughs> it just cuts straight back. <laughs> oh, I say that all the time whenever I fuck something up. Never had one lesson. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> god i just don't like i don't know this movie just makes me so happy i don't i don't know like it just it's like very rare like i don't know like i know i cried like watching it today but i think i was just feeling sentimental about some things but it wasn't like a bad cry i was like oh look at all these yeah. people together it's so nice and i just love this movie so much it just makes me super happy and i'm glad it's just for you too it sounds yeah like. I, <laughs> yeah in the end Ferris does get away with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. he does. He does. And then we get that very iconic ending after the school bus scene. Yeah. It's like it's kind of like the first post credit scene yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Like you're still here. Just, like I love that. Go home. I love that go. so much. Yeah, yeah. And that. Yeah, um. But... And I think I feel like the the run that he does um in the gardens has been aped by a few different things m- multiple times over because there's so many flipping iconic scenes in this film we just mentioned the parade which mm-hmm. is which is probably the most but like the running through the gardens bouncing on the trampolines nicking the can of mm-hmm. pepsi or whatever it was you know as he's running through mm-hmm. dinner's ready um and all that sort of stuff it smells great yeah like um and then like the two girls in bikinis he stops by and like introduces himself <laughs> Like, Jesus, Ferris, you got to get home. Come on. And then just even, like, him running into the car with Jeannie and Jeannie freaking out. And then him running beside his dad. And his dad, like, looks over and he somehow is, like, behind the car all of a sudden. Like, it's just, oh, my God. It's so funny. And I just love it so much. And he's really hustling. And Jeannie. <laughs> and just. Genie oh, saves God. the day. And then, like, he gets... Oh, yeah, Genie saves the day. But then even, like, him in bed, you know, he, like, pushes the mannequin aside. He gets undressed. He's all ready to go. And then the snore machine is still <laughs> on. He looks out. He, there's luckily a baseball in his bed, and he can throw no, it and throw the machine No, that, off, that baseball he... is from the baseball game earlier on. <gasps> that's right! Oh, my God! That's right! So oh, my he, God! He caught okay. it, you remember? Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> So he caught the baseball at the baseball game. I don't think game. I ever realized that. I don't think I realized that was the same baseball. Yeah. Oh, my Pulls God. Pulls it out of his pocket. My life, is like, my life is changing on this podcast right you now. You are hearing oh it God, here, I'm folks. I'm never going to watch the movie you hearing the this? same way again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. He is the luckiest bastard ever. Oh, though, my goodness. he caught the fly ball. And then, like, <laughs> just... Oh, wow, that God. took a dark turn. I'm so I wasn't happy gonna for expect. him. Yeah. No, I mean, I just love him so much. I'm happy mm-hmm. for him. Like, I just... I can't believe Me that's too. the baseball from the game. Holy crap. Oh, my God. Wow. Okay. I'm okay now. I'm okay. Good. Anything else on Ferris? <laughs> no, I think if we have anything else to say about him, like I said, well, it'll come with the next characters. I think we should get into our favorite character. Let my Cameron go. <laughs> Cameron. I don't know. <laughs> I think the more I watch this film, the more frequent times I watch it, the more I'm just like, oh, Cameron's the best. <laughs> He's so good. Yeah. I think Cameron is the most relatable. I I related to Cameron 
immediately my first watch even because my parents were kind of strict and a little crazy when I was growing up. And I've, I've never seen that in a movie before where somebody was like addressing it and bringing it up and like how much it was affecting him. And I was like, holy crap, like that's me. <laughs> like, and it was just so nice to have that. And, and I had, I had not experienced that before. And I mean, you get that in movies all the time now, but Cameron feels like the first one to really do it. And he'll always have a special place in my heart because of it. But like also just like, like, haven't we all just been too, like, like wound up and we just needed, like, some type of release? And, and like, that's what Cameron yeah. just... Like, Cameron needs to stay as much as Ferris. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it takes him a while to realize that, yeah. doesn't it, as well? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love Cameron. I, I, the <laughs> um, opening introduction to him is, is nigh on perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you immediately know who, who this, this man is. Some of the lines like, mm-hmm. do you know what my diastolic is? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, when he's in the car, and he's like, he'll keep calling me and calling oh me. Oh, my God. That's like <laughs> one of my favorite things ever. That is one of my favorite things ever. Like, and then there's some people like, God damn it. And like, get out of the car. And, I'll go. Like, I'll go. Okay. Oh, my God, Cameron. He's so funny. I He's just so funny. I, I can't. I mean, he is just as funny as everyone else in this movie. Oh, but. yeah, definitely. I mean, he has a lot of the, he does a lot of the, the comedic <laughs> bits, I think. Like, even when he's, <laughs> he does, oh my God. <laughs> what were you going to say? So, just Mr. Peterson. He's Mr. Peterson. Like, <laughs> I wish I could do that yeah. voice. Like, you will call like, me, sir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, part of my French, but you're an asshole. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Like, I, and like, so. Matthew Broderick was watching that all happen. And what really started egging Alan Ruck on was Matthew kept laughing. So he just kept getting more and more into it. But you can see how hard he's getting into it. He's like, it looks like he's on his tippy toes, like leeching forward, like, you know, like trying to get this voice out of him. Oh my God. It's so, but then I love when he like breaks for a second. He's like, who's going to know it's me? Like we go full right back to Cameron when he's like, (laughs) just. I love it. I so like much. how we don't know before it starts that Cameron is is around at Ferris's house because we left him trying to decide if he was going <laughs> to go over. So uh, when it's revealed to be Cameron, it's like this. It's like this big, not a shock, but you're like, oh, the penny's dropped. <laughs> this is all yeah, a con job. Yeah. It's all a con job. Oh my gosh! Um, and he leaves the uh, funeral home on his yes. answering. It's the same voice too. <laughs> it is literally yeah. like the same. Oh, Cameron. I, I just love Cameron. What What's like one of your favorite things about Cameron? Oh, like, do geez. you connect to Cameron? I think I do. Yeah, I'll, I do obviously connect to Cameron. But he's a bit like you. He's my favorite. I think I connect to him in that I'm probably the type of kid who never skipped school, you know, and I, I, I never <laughs> would be brave enough, I think, to, to do that or to think that, that I'd get away with it. And, and those sorts of things. Um, and just he had, he was quite, he's obviously quite repressed. Um, and I feel like, you know, in a way I was, I mean, not like stifled or repressed, you know, I didn't, but just like, I did, I don't know. I, I don't know if I, I really knew who, a bit like what we said, I really, I really knew who I was when I was, you know, in high school. Mm-hmm. And then when you're a bit older and you live by yourself and you're independent and you make your own decisions and then all of that can, can come out. And I think when it, when you, when you watch this for like, well, I don't know the fourth, fifth, sixth time, and you suddenly realize, oh, this is Cameron's movie. Um, mm-hmm. And he, and yeah. he, and I just got to cry even thinking about it now and just thinking about how mm-hmm. it is his movie. It's called Ferris Bueller's Day Off, but it's um, mm-hmm. it's Cameron's, um, it's it's how Cameron deals with everything that's going on in, in his home and, and how he expresses that 
in in very unhealthy and unhelpful ways but then will you then then mm-hmm. hopefully he's going to use that as a means to move forward with his life and he has an insight and we were talking a bit about the art institute scene and i and i love mm-hmm. that bit that it just focuses on cameron looking at that that painting where he's focusing on the kid with the parent in the painting <laughs> and um it's it's the style of art whereby it's all done by little blobs and dots and stuff and so <laughs> you the more you look at it the more closer you look at the 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 people in it they disappear you know they become sort of um they're not they're no longer sort of real they're the abstract they're just a mess of colors and stuff and and it feels like he's just focusing in and looking in and looking in more and looking in more and he's just seeing himself it's like not really knowing who who he is <laughs> And it's just yeah. that that feels like Cameron's moment when he starts to think, what am I going to do? I don't think he has any answers at that point, mm-hmm. but at least he start, he's starting yeah. to ask questions like, what am I doing? Why am I here? Why am I having this day out? Why am I risking all of these things? Why am mm-hmm. I listening to Ferris? And then, you know, he does end up having, I think he does have a good day. Yeah, so I, I think yeah. that's that's. I think that's on this watch. That was one of the big camera moments for me. No, I I love that. I want to say one fun thing about Cameron. I think John Hughes also like saw himself in Cameron. So I I don't know if you would have caught this at all. So they're in Chicago, but Cameron is wearing a Detroit mm-hmm. Red Wings hockey jersey. So that's a completely different city and state. So John Hughes was originally from Michigan, which is where Detroit is, and and then moved to Chicago. So I I wonder if like he had the same thing, like if Cameron was like originally from Michigan and then came to Chicago, but that's why he's wearing like the Red Mm. Wings jersey. Like, so that's where John Hughes came from. But also like Cameron could be like that type that it's like, yeah, you all like Chicago, but I'm going to be the the person that wears (laughs) like the different jersey just to be that guy. Well, I read, (laughs) so I don't know. I read one little thing that said he didn't like his dad obviously which we knew but he did like his grandfather mm-hmm. who support it was from detroit as well so so there's the oh. but that was not anything that i've ever vocalized and i think it was just in an interview with alan rook um that that's what oh, that's okay. what he was told by um okay. john hughes as well i think but i think you're right that i think oh, there's that yeah. personal connection with with john mm-hmm. hughes with diary but that mm-hmm. is my favorite bit of wardrobe in this film oh really oh yeah i'm like kind of like you know obviously i'm seeing this film before the internet and i'm like what is this top he's got on i'm like like like, i love it and 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 am i buying you a hockey jersey (laughs) oh my god (laughs) philadelphia what's it pittsburgh penguins um uh but i mean and and for a while i didn't know what it was because yeah oh my god i love yeah and and i was just that is my favorite uh, bit of outfit in this film because i think it's so so striking and like out of context with perhaps like what ferris is wearing and um sloan is wearing Mm -hmm. i also like the fact that uh cameron is a belt and braces guy you know you can never be too careful (laughs) with your pants falling down i think that that sums it up oh my gosh Oh my gosh, that's so amazing! I thought because I didn't even think like you would like know what a hockey jersey was. I didn't even think well, about didn't. you being like fa- being fascinated by it. No, like I didn't think you'd be fascinated by it though. So mm-hmm. this is like, oh my god, this is like so. <laughs> well, hockey is your thing as well, isn't it? Hockey, I love hockey very much. Yeah. Oh my god, that's so funny. Um, but I okay, so I just want to jump a little bit to Alan Ruck. Please really do. 
quick. So I've talked before, specifically on the Four Lions episode, but I love a, a man named Jesse Armstrong, and he is the writer and creator of a show called Succession, which is my favorite show on TV currently, and Alan Ruck is on it, and he is phenomenal. Oh, wow. He So essentially, the show... Brian Cox is the father, and there are four children. Alan Ruck's character is from the first marriage. The other three come from the second marriage. Uh, but they're like a TV conglomerate family. Uh, basically, like, very conservative bad people. And Alan Ruck's character is just a complete idiot. <laughs> and it's completely different than Cameron. He's so good in it, though. I mean, he's he's absolutely amazing. In it, and he's one of the reasons why I wanted to start watching the show. I was really very excited for the show. There's also a, a British actor I lo- really love, Matthew McFadden. Uh, he's in it too. It's it's a wild, wild, wild show. But I mean, I if if you could just watch it just to see him in it, I think you well, would be pleasantly surprised. You've sold me this <laughs> yeah. show before. And a lot of people have said it's very mm-hmm. good, but you know what my life is like. Mm-hmm. I haven't got any time to do anything. But now you've told me Alan Rook is in it and putting mm-hmm. it on top of my mm-hmm. list. There was a time in my life when if I, Alan Rook turned yeah. up in something, I would get out of my chair and shout loudly, there's Cameron on the TV, because he wasn't on the TV very often. He turned up in Star Trek one time. <laughs> oh I think he was God. in one of the movies. And I was oh like, oh, my God, God Alan, Cameron's in Star Trek. Um, I Yeah, I rewatched Speed last year for the first time in a long time, and I totally forgot he was in that movie, too. Oh, I, He's one of the guys on the I bus. I blocked that out. I didn't even <laughs> didn't know he was in that. No, it's totally passed by. Yeah. That's made me feel yeah. like a charlatan yeah. now, not knowing that. Well, oh, my gosh. Well, please give Succession a, a shot. Season one is very good, but season two and three are unreal. Uh, season three just ended like a couple months ago. Uh, but I, I don't even want to tell you the things he does Do or says in that because it. it is something special. All right. That's all I'll say. I'm, I'm um, putting it, yeah. I'm putting it on my personal doc. You know that Emilio Estevez turned down the role of Cameron. Oh, thank God. Yeah, thank God. That's like the Molly Ringwald mm-hmm. thing. Exactly. Like, thank God. Exactly. Like, it's like John Hughes and his regulars. Like, um, mm-hmm. But well, yeah, I'm not sure if he, t- I, yes. I don't know if he turned it down or he was, or if it was that kind of a strong thing, but he just said, no, I don't want to do it. And so, so Alan mm-hmm. Rock says he, he thanks Emilio Estevez every day because it, oh, yeah, really? because without, he said without him, he wouldn't have had a career. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. I just can't even see Emilio uh, in no, that role at all. No, absolutely not. Can't. Can't, I can't. But you can't see Ew, anyone other like, than Alan Rock. he's like, I, I thought you were going to say for Ferris really quick because I was like, well, I could maybe see that, but not Cameron at which, all. Which, um, Apparently, although I don't think this has been confirmed by John Hughes, which one of his regular actors do you think has said they were asked to play Ferris Bueller? I have no idea. I don't really know. Who, Anthony who Michael Hall. I mean, as if. Oh, as if. God. Come on. That's Cameron. That's more of a Cameron. Just get out. Than a- get out of here. Get out of town. <laughs> Go away. Go away with that nonsense. I didn't even think. I didn't even think of that for Ferris because that's not plausible. No. Okay, <laughs> on what planet is that I happening? Think, I think he's made that up. He's just made that up in some random oh, interview somewhere. That's so crazy. That's so wild. Uh, can we talk about Cameron in the in the car at the yeah. end? Like his big moment. Are you like happy for him? Like when he? <sighs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I feel like every time I, I watch it, I feel yeah. like he's getting shipped off to military mm-hmm. school or something after that. I try to stay positive, or like this is the thing that like his dad comes home, freaks out about it, and then that's when he finally like tells him the truth, and he's like, "You 
care about that car more than me. And maybe that's when him and his dad can find... I'm just being an optimist here. I think you're more right than I am. But I'd like to hope that maybe that's finally like the thing that he realizes how far he has pushed his son away and that the material things in our life are not the mm-hmm. most important things. And, and maybe that's the good converse- like conversation starter. But uh, no, I think Cameron's like dead in the ground. Yeah. <laughs> I think he is. <laughs> I think he's totally dead. Um, what about... Uh, well, do you know um, the approximate value of, of the car um, in the, in 1986 or whatever? Do you know how much that Ferrari would have been worth? No, but I, I have a follow-up to this. So tell me how much it's... It, it, that Ferrari would have been worth uh, $350,000, apparently. Apparently. Okay, okay. Uh, so, you know, that's not even a real Ferrari. Yeah. They had to, like, make a fake <laughs> yeah. car because they couldn't get, like, the real Apparently they couldn't even <laughs> afford the insurance to have the car on the set or something like that. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I wouldn't want to go anywhere near a car that expensive. Nope. I would be sweating yeah. looking at it. Like- <laughs> oh my gosh no thank you i just i love this scene though too like just like cameron kind of finding himself kind of like you know realizing like he did need this day like even like you said like ferris tries to take the blame for it and he just like steps up and is like no you know i'll just i'll tell him what happened and i don't know you're just so happy for cameron in that moment it's hard not to be and i just i love i but even like before when he's like kicking the car and he's taking out all his frustration on the car it's just really powerful i i don't know i just i can relate to that too like just not feeling like you're good enough or you don't understand why something is the way that it is and you're taking it out Mm. on the thing that is like of more focus and more importance uh that you feel like in your life and everything i liked his line Mm. i'm tired of being afraid and i think that that sums it up i think like well people his dad just making all these decisions for him and him never being able to say that he doesn't want to do that or you know he doesn't agree Mm -hmm. um yeah it's powerful it is, and I know it's a kind of mm-hmm. a teenage rites of passage film, but I think that is a big moment, and that is a big moment. Mm-hmm. If you if you're not expecting it as well, when that car just goes through the glass, oh my god! <sighs> oh my god! And I just love how they kind of like it's so like unreal, and then they kind of break the tension with Ferris making a joke like "You killed the car," <laughs> like, and I love that line too because <laughs> it's so funny and it kind of breaks like that's like that stress you're feeling like it like oh we can laugh again like he just cracked the mm-hmm. joke kind well it wasn't coming off as a joke but it is very funny like the way it's said and everything and oh cameron cameron <laughs> no going back now there though isn't. that's the thing like can't go can't go back <laughs> he's a changed man <laughs> one way or another so, yeah uh, and oh my god if i if i ever <laughs> uh go to a baseball game i will be going hey bada 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 so wing you can do Bada. that. Add it to the list. Yeah. We'll go to a baseball hey, game and the drive-in and, and a hockey game. We could probably do all in one day, depending on when things are falling. Yeah, we can. <laughs> oh gosh, that's right. The whole. I, so okay, can I ask you something? Mm-hmm. And um, well, first, do you have anything else you want to say about Cameron? No. Okay. So, uh, like, how I like you said, all of your friends like this is very popular and all that. But how does this happen? Like, this is. Again, this is like 10 Things I Hate About You, where this is just such an American movie. How does this How does this happen? Uh, I think it's probably a universal want for any kid in high school. How do you trick your parents to have the day off? I think, you know, the the, <laughs> the elevator pitch sucks you in, doesn't okay. it? This kid ditches okay. school and has an adventure. So you're in. You want to know. Mm-hmm. 
and okay. and then you okay. you see Sloane, and so you're also continuing to watch it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I think, but I mean, like I said, I think I had seen Weird Science first, um, okay, and then Breakfast Club, and I think I'd seen it on some kind of late night BBC Two. This is a movie presentation kind of thing, and I, I, somebody, I didn't even know that Ferris Bueller existed after even after seeing Weird Science and Breakfast Club. I think somebody was talking about. It, and I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about, mate. I've, I've never seen this. I've never seen this film. So then you, they, and I think it was specifically the the sweaty palms, the clammy palms. He was going on about, and yeah, this is how you trick your parents. You, you lick your palms, and it's it's in that like in that film. And oh my yeah, gosh. So like I don't know what you're talking oh about. What gosh. are you talking about? And so that's how it, that's how I think I came to 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 discover it because it is. Oh, bef- it's, that's so interesting. It's hard to explain that yeah. this is before everybody knew everything. This is before you could just mm-hmm. access something and just find it, like. You could maybe yeah. you could maybe write off and get a magazine about movies that because your local news agent probably wouldn't have one that look was in was interesting to you, and maybe mm-hmm. you might get lucky and there might be something in there. But you know, it was really hard to find out this these sorts of bits of information mm-hmm. unless you were playing quite close attention. Yeah, I mean, like that even goes back to like I mean, because when this first came into my life, I mean, like we had the internet, but it, it nowhere near what it is today. And like I said, I felt like if I would have just had like an older sibling, that's how I would have yeah. found out about it. I felt like that's how everybody had found out about it. Um, was somebody's older sibling and <laughs> was like, well, we're gonna watch this, you know? Because my mom, my mom would have been too old to have seen this so she wouldn't have made me watch it you know what i mean so but like to me this is like so fascinating because like i understand the 10 things because you saw it in theaters but like yeah you had to actively search for this and track Mm -hmm. it down and i think that's really interesting it was probably one of them tapes that did the rounds you know somebody would get a tape and just go (laughs) oh have you watched jimmy's 10 have you watched jimmy's ferris bueller yet can i have it you know, and they would just literally go around the yeah. class and you would all borrow it. Mm-hmm. I think it was, I, I actually do oh, think so it was funny. one of them. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. I miss like video stores and things mm-hmm. like that. Or like having like, you know, something like that. It's all streaming Well, now, just, so. just like you, and I'm not, I don't mean to sound really old but i suppose when when something is you have to work for it a little bit and you look forward to it and you've got the anticipation Mm -hmm. and you can't just have it instantly it is a different experience it just is there's more gratification with it definitely oh yeah definitely and you know Mm -hmm. i'm really happy that i can listen to any music that i ever want to i mean that makes my day (laughs) right now but Mm -hmm. it is a less sort of satisfying experience than waiting for for something to be delivered in the post (laughs) or going to the record <laughs> shop at the weekend with your money from working mm-hmm. in the supermarket that you've saved up, you know? <laughs> well, is is, yeah. is there any, any yeah. final thoughts on Ferris Bueller that you want to share? Uh, I just love this movie so much. And we kind of were talking about the outfits a little bit. And I don't know, this is so cheesy, but I love, like, family Halloween costumes. And, like, for the longest time, like, <laughs> I've been thinking, like, I wanted to <laughs> where I'm slow and... The baby is Ferris, and then Dan can brilliant. Be oh my goodness! Or I could be Cameron too. I think that would uh, be fine. But I just think like family Halloween costumes are so good, and that's like been one one big thing I've been wanting to do. Oh for my a goodness! While. I cannot so wait. One day. I cannot wait for that. I, I I'm gagging <laughs> to see that. I would love to see it. That's that's a great idea. I think yeah, because they're like they're like um, nobody would 
nobody would be like, who have you come as? You'd be getting high mm-hmm. fives off everyone. They'd be giving you extra candy. Well, I don't know. This, this country is something different. I So we had an 80s day at work once. This was at an old job. And I dressed up like Marty McFly like to a T. And um, about half the people I worked with didn't think I was dressed up. Fuck them. So there's that. <laughs> Absolutely dreadful people. I, I mean, that's why I left mm-hmm. the job, honestly. <laughs> I also went as Marty McFly to an 80s theme fancy dress. I think. There we we go. Other podcast synergy happening right there. That is one episode we will eventually do. And I'm so sorry, everybody. But you weren't supposed to know that we didn't. (laughs) Nobody was was even asking. You don't need to apologize for things nobody was bothered about. Don't worry about it. Yeah, but you you were like, oh, by the way. Do you know what? That was an honest mistake. Your audio dropped out of my ears Mm -hmm. when you asked me not to mention it. Uh And so I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it. it. Uh Well, there we go. Uh I think that I think I think we have given that a really good conversation. Yeah, we I did. think we've gone quite long. I apologise, um, but we wanted to do it a slightly different way. Turns out that's mm-hmm. quite a bit longer than normal. So I don't think we need to apologise though. I think we both really love this movie, and I think like we're uh, the movies we really love. I think you can really tell how much we love them, and I think I think you can tell how much we both mm-hmm. love this movie with the conversation we had. There's no. nothing wrong. with And that if you had all. to break this episode up into four, maybe five different sections, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. Thank you for coming <laughs> along with us on this ride with Ferris Bueller and his day off. But yeah, um, thank you for that, Marcy. Um, and if people want to get in touch with the show, they can email us on... Oh, God. Do you want to do it? I thought you were going to ask me. <laughs> I was. <laughs> I was, but then you looked wait, wait, petrified. Wait, wait. On, so I didn't... I, I can do this. I can do this. Uh, it's the movie mixtape pod at gmail.com. Yeah, it is. The movie mixtape pod at gmail.com. <laughs> this isn't a bit. I really just like blank out. When, <laughs> when you and you can see us on Instagram over at the underscore movie mixtape where mm. we post our cool uh, posters, art from the movies, <laughs> ask questions on the weekend. Yeah. And just are happy to interact mm. with everybody there. So come follow us. Um, and if you've been enjoying <laughs> the podcast just tell a friend tell a mate suggest which episode you've enjoyed and maybe they'll listen to okay mm-hmm. but i think we have had an email shall i get to it yeah i think uh, you, you can be... we'll have to say something at the end of it that's all I'm okay say. So, so i have not read this email. i've not read it but i've just kind of flicked <laughs> it open now and glanced at it so this is ron jimenez um and ron i'm so sorry that I said we were going to do Spider-Man 2002 and we did not just do Spider-Man 2002. We did Whiplash instead. Please be assured that Spider-Man 2002 directed by Sam Raimi is my favorite film of all time. It genuinely is. And I hope that someday we will bring that back on to the mixtape and that we can discuss it. But, you know, it just didn't work out that time and... Who's to say? Who's to blame? Who's to say? Who's to say? Marcy's looking at me like it's my fault. I'm looking at her like maybe it's her fault. But who? <laughs> but we all know, really, it was the fault of Austin Danger podcast. Uh... Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> so, no. So, uh, but I'm going to read your email, Ron. Hey, Mix Masters Dirk and Marcy, I like that start. Long-time listener, first-time emailer. I'm very excited to hear the two of you discuss Spider-Man. 
That movie holds a very special place in my heart. My first experience with Spider-Man was on May 3rd, 2002 opening day. My best friend and I skipped school like Ferris and saw the movie. Oh, so funny. Yeah, I saw the movie yeah. not once but twice. Not twice, but three times on that first day. Ron, I'm going to have to stop oh there. God. Ron, I'm going to have to stop there for a second and say, is this the most perfect day in the history of days? I want to have been there with you. I was just about to graduate high school. What? Um, this is like Ferris Wheels Day. And had no idea what my future looked like while the world around me was still reeling in the wake of oh. 9-11. Then here comes this coming of age superhero movie filled with hope and optimism and everything seemed like it was going to be all right. Bidomania was everywhere that summer and it felt good that this thing that I had loved my whole life was suddenly cool to everyone else. Comic book adaptations weren't the sure thing that they are now. My geekiness was suddenly validated. Superheroes were mainstream and they've stayed that way for 20 years. Keep up the great work on the podcast. I can't wait to hear what's next. Your friend Ron. P.S. Happy birthday to Marcy. I hope it was a good one. <laughs> now, Ron, oh. I am with you every step of the way. I didn't see it three times <laughs> in the cinema <laughs> the very first day. I think some of my feelings for the film are very much in line with those feelings. And it's a very important movie to me for lots and lots and lots of different reasons. Um, and so I do want to talk about it. And um, the next time that we say we're going to talk about it, we really will talk about it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can ask Ron to come on. I really, Ron is very talented at emails. I don't know if you got to hear his 70 millimeter email from a couple weeks ago, but I mean, I was like tearing up when it was being read. And then this one was really like just very good. And it's kind of funny that it kind of fit perfectly with Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Like, what are the odds? Like, what are the odds? I know. <laughs> I do feel, I do feel bad that we didn't do Spider Man. I really do love Whiplash. They're like my two top picks and we will come back to spider-man i'm sure if nothing else ron i need to have to have a debate about andrew garfield until we well maybe save that for another time because that's not entering the (laughs) spider-man 2002 chat okay but maybe me and ron will just arrange some watch along and just have a, a a conversation over the Discord or something. Matt, you can be in on that as well, if you like. Oh, yeah. You know, I always get invited to Spider-Man Watch Along. That's what kind of got us here in the first place. No, but I'm glad because we, I'm glad we talked about Whiplash. I really wanted to talk about Whiplash. I'm not, I'm not annoyed. I'm not annoyed about it. It's, it's become a little bit of a bit, but I'm really genuinely not annoyed because I know that we will do Spider-Man together. Oh, yeah. No, I think we kind of even floated a Spider-Man mix yeah. maybe out there. We'll see. And, I love Spider-Man yeah. too. And, huh. Yeah. 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 Well, there we go. So that's Ron's awesome email. I love it. Thank, Thank you, Ron. Ron. That was a beautiful email. Yeah. So good. And that's it for this week's episode. But nothing good is happening next week. Right, Marcy? Uh, no, the greatest thing ever is happening next week. And I'm, I'm so excited. So, uh, you know, we, we have some very good friends. We've all met through 70 millimeter and everything. And our lovely friend Bex, she's joining us next week. And she decided, uh, well, sh- she picked a new movie for us, uh, while you were sleeping. It's an all timer for her. Uh, it's from 1995. It is on Disney plus at the moment. And yeah, she's coming on and I'm, I'm so excited. I, she's just one of the most wonderful people, like just a good, good person. And I, I can't wait to hear her thoughts on it. So I'm very excited for that. Yep. So Bex is on. We got another guest host with us next week and we're doing While You Were Sleeping. <laughs> but if that movie had been mm-hmm. um, a British romantic comedy, it would be called Whilst You Were Sleeping. <laughs> but I'm sure... <laughs> 
don't even know where I was going with that. But I'm sure Bex will uh, bring the thunder next week when we talk. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It'll be a really good time. Yeah, I'm really sure. looking forward to it. Bex is a lot of fun. And she's been with you on um, Film Hags podcast. And you two were great on there. So I can't wait to hear you talk about this movie together. <laughs> um, well, yeah, well, that's next week. Let's not count our chickens before they've hatched. Mm-hmm. This is this week. <laughs> but I will see you mm-hmm. next week, Marcy, when we do While You Were Sleeping. And I'll see you. So bye for now. See you later. Talking that, you suckers. Tape is a podcast hosted by Dirk and Marcy, mixed and edited by me. Our logo comes from Iron Teeth Design. Find us on Instagram at the underscore movie mixtape and catch new episodes on Wednesdays. Thanks for listening. Bye!